The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Thank you very much, Brother Young. I'm glad to see you, and I'm glad you all are here this evening. Uh, PA man, I'd like to, let me hear this one, and now back to this one. Are you pretty quick up there? You don't look real quick, but okay, <laughs> that'll do. I'll get to it here in just a little while. I'm sure glad you're here tonight, and Brother Smith, as always, uh, just, a, 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 just a, I just tell you, what is, a, a, with the bases loaded and a home run, and you're always like that, I just every time I read something that you've written or I hear you preach, it's just very articulate, and thank, thank you, thank you for, for being conservative, God knows, God knows, we... We, we need that. and uh, Well, I want you to get your Bibles out tonight, if you would, please. And I want you to turn to Judges chapter number 7. Judges chapter number 7. And when you find Judges 7, if you will, I want you to turn, at, well, find verse 1. Judges chapter 7, verse number 1. In a moment, we're going to stand. Judges chapter 7, verse number 1. Now, would you stand with me? And we're going to read. I'm going to read out loud, and you can follow along. Judges chapter 7, starting with verse number 1. The Bible says this, Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead, and there return of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remain ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knee to drink, and the number of them that lapped, put their hands to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And let's pray. Father, bless us tonight. I sure do need you to strengthen my mind, give me clarity of thought. Thank you for what we've seen tonight. Thank you for what we've heard tonight. Now, Holy Spirit, only you can do a lasting work. Only you can change lives. Lord, only you can do that for which this night was created. You had something special in mind. Help not one of us to hinder it. I pray that you'll control everything that I say. I pray that you'll control everything that we hear minimize the interruptions maximize our attention and father just do something unique and special for us this evening and may you be glorified in it 
and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat there, if you will. The Midianites were the enemy, the enemy of God's people. And God had chosen Gideon to be the leader of his people. Now, there were an uncountable number of Midianites. They used the terminology, they were as the sand of the sea. That's a lot of people. And Gideon had 32,000 soldiers. And God said to Gideon, he said, The people that are with thee are too many. Gideon, I'm sure at that very moment, said, God must be having an off day. God's calculator must be broken. I have 32,000 people with me, and they have people. You can't even number how many people are on the enemy's side. And God tells the people, he said, well, whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from the mount. The Bible says in Judges chapter 7, verse number 3, and there returned of the people 22,000. Now, I'm guessing that when this took place and God said, Gideon, you tell the ones that are afraid to go home, I, I imagine Gideon said, ah, that's no problem. There's nobody that's afraid. Oh, there might be a couple. I think he was probably shocked when 22,000 left. That left him with 10,000 soldiers. Now, he was already outnumbered, but I'm sure he was grateful to have the 10,000. And then God said, Gideon, may I speak to you? Gideon said, go ahead. And God said, there are yet too many. Oh, my. I'm sure within Gideon, there, there, there was a little anxiety possibly building up. God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take them down to the river. Those 10,000, you see who drinks or they lap like a dog. In other words, they put their face down to the water and they lick the water like a dog. You see then who kneels at the water and lifts the water up to their face to drink. Now you say, why would they be concerned with that? Well, if you're in battle and you lower your head, you can't see the enemy. You're not being observant. You're not thinking about the situation in which you find yourself. Bringing the water up to your face meant you could keep an eye on what's going on around you. You're thinking, you're observant to what's going on. And God said, now the ones that drink like dogs should be sent home. And so Gideon said, well, surely uh, these people know how to drink, right? So they went down to the water. And much to his dismay and disappointment, 9,700 drank like dogs. And they were sent home. Now, Gideon's only left with 300 men. God then lays out his plan for victory with the 300 men that are left. He says in Judges 7, 16, he said, He divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. He gave every man a trumpet. Every man was to have a pitcher, a ceramic-type pitcher. There was a, a lamp or a light inside that pitcher. Gideon then said to those 300, he said, You do as I do. You follow my lead. This is how we're going to go to battle with the unnumbered. The, uh, we can't even figure out how many there are on the enemy's side. But when I blow my trumpet, you blow your trumpet. 
We will all shout, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. We will break the pitchers, and when we do, it will reveal the light or the lamp that is on the inside. And this is exactly what I'm going to do, and it's exactly what you're going to do. And that's the very thing that they did. And when they did that, the Midianites thought that somehow they were severely outnumbered. You say, why? Well, usually one bugler uh, was there to represent many thousand men. Well, now they hear 300 bugles. And when they heard 300 bugles, they thought, oh my, 300 buglers alone? I can't imagine. There might be millions of soldiers that are about to come up, uh, come up against us. And then when they, when they seen the lights, those lamps you see, those lights, there, there, there would usually be one person carrying a light. For many, many thousands and thousands of soldiers, when they heard the crash of the broken pitchers, it sounded like the clash of armor. And the Bible says the Midianites were so scared that they began to run and they began killing each other. They panicked. Maybe it is, they thought, this uh, maybe killing each other was better than being killed by the enemy. Maybe they thought that killing each other was better than being taken prisoner. But that day, God brought a mighty victory for his people. And God used Gideon to lead those people to a mighty victory. I imagine the 300 men that were a part of that process were pretty pleased that they got to participate in such a miraculous victory. I feel sorry for the 31,700 that God couldn't use. I wonder which one of those two crowds you would have been a part of. Imagine how the 31,700 that were not used felt. Imagine how they must have felt. There were 22,000 that went home scared. I call them scaredy cats. Chickens. They got home. Their kids said, Daddy, what happened down at the battle? I'm sorry, son. I can't tell you. I was a coward. There were 9,700 of them that, you know, the ones that just didn't think before they drank the water. I call them dumb bunnies. I think their friends said, how was the battle? And they had to say, I don't know. I got sent home. I, I flunked the spiritual SAT test. My weak thinking cost me that day. I was too dumb to fight. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I tell you, I would have wanted to have been a bugle boy. Now, that's a crowd I'd like to be a part of. You look, there's three groups of people there. You've got the scaredy cats. That's what I call them. You've got the dumb bunnies. And then you've got the bugle boys. When I was a 16-year-old boy, I got called to preach. And a long time ago, I decided which crowd I wanted to be a part of. 
I decided I didn't want to be afraid. I decided I didn't want to be an ignoramus spiritually. I decided I wanted to pick up a bugle and I wanted to blow it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some of you need to decide which, which crowd you want to be a part of. You want to be a part of the scaredy cats? You want to be a part of the dumb bunnies? Or do you want to be a bugle board? You give me a bugle. That's what I want to be. Hey, uh, that's what I call my sermon. Scaredy cats, dumb bunnies, and bugle boys. Easy outline. You'll know when we're coming toward the end. Well, have you been a scaredy cat? Deuteronomy 3, 31, 6 says this, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I want you to understand, 22,000 of God's people put their tails between their legs, and they, they ran. Folks, we're not to be running away from the battle. We're to be running into the battle. Why? We have a mighty captain. We have a God. He's not going to let us down. They did not experience victory because they were chickens. Gutless. Babies. Faint-hearted. Wimps. Yellow bellies. Lily-livered. Sissies. And I'm going to tell you, in fundamentalism... We've got a lot of them today. Scared to death to stand up for the old-time religion. Spiritual yellow streaks down their backs. Cowards are a dime a dozen. Hey, these people were not inducted into the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Shame. Can you imagine when all 22,000 showed up back home with their tails between their legs? i got to tell you something. According to the way the story turned out, they feared for no reason. They feared for no reason. Victory was theirs. You say they were outnumbered. You are never outnumbered when God's on your side. Folks, we are on the winning side. I'll never forget. I, I, I just love, I love that song, I'm on the winning side. I was telling someone earlier, I, I remember when Dr. Curtis Hudson was in his last days and he was passing away from cancer. We had him at our college and he stood up to preach. And I remember that bony man. I mean, he, you could tell he was about to die. But I remember him standing and holding his Bible singing, I'm on the winning side. I'm, he knew he was getting ready to transfer over to the other side. He knew he was on the winning side. And let me make something very clear to every one of you. It does not matter what happens in America. It does not what matter what happens around this world. We are on the winning side. And some of you need to stop being cowards and stand up and be counted. If you're old-time religion, let it be known. You don't have to apologize for that. Will you have victory and be a bugle boy, or will you regret it later on in life because you were a scaredy cat? Have you ever seen a scared cat run? That's amazing. They bounce, they fly. They're incredible. Do you fear serving God because of your peers? And I'm not just talking to teenagers now. I'm talking to some of you adults. Matter of fact, I'm talking to some of you preachers. Do you fear your family? Now, folks, I wish all families went along and enjoyed the ride for fundamentalism, but they don't all do that. 
But you know, we're to keep on serving God. Don't be a scaredy cat. Maybe you fear failure, and you're scared. Look, you could try something big and possibly fail or try nothing and surely succeed. Do you fear that you might have to give something up to truly have victory in your life? Hey, don't be afraid to sacrifice for Jesus. He gave everything for you. Folks, fear paralyzes. It paralyzes churches. It paralyzes ministries. It paralyzes people. 22,000 men said, we're afraid. We're going home. That's what they did. Fear paralyzes our productivity. Some of you are not soul winners, and I'll tell you why. You're afraid. You're afraid of people. You're afraid that somebody might look at you as if you're some sort of a kook. Folks, get it. They're the kooks, not us. But we fear. Do you fear that God might truly use you? One of the reasons we fear is because we have a lack of trust in our God. And I think if we trusted Him, we would know that God never fails. And for some of you, the devil has intimidated you out of going forward for God. You all do realize 22,000 people said, we're not going forward. Those are the scaredy cats, the chickens. And the truth of the matter is, the devil psyched them out because they won the victory with 300. God knew that they were going to win the victory all along. God had already promised the victory, and victory is ours. And some of you are scared to death to go forward for God and scared to death to be committed to God and scared to death to change your life and scared to death to stand up and be counted. I've got news for you. The devil is intimidating you, and he, he's a fake. He's a fraud. Our God's the God of victory. Oh, but I see it. The scaredy cats. 22,000 that were afraid and went home. And then the dumb bunnies. The dumb bunnies. They, they, they drank, but they didn't think about what they were doing when they drank. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12 says this, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Not wise. Not wise. God's telling us this thing and not wise, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Well, what, what, what does it mean? They weren't so smart. They weren't so spiritually smart. Basically, I call them dumb bunnies. They were lazy brains. They were weak thinkers. These people did without victory because they would not stop and think about what they were doing. That's it. They didn't use their heads. They were wearing their spirit, spiritual dunce caps on that day they were acting dumb 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 to quote, quote Gomer Pyle you all know who he is 
Can you imagine 9,700 went home because they didn't take the time to think? I wonder, when on the way home, following the 22,000 scaredy cats, you've got the 9,700 dumb bunnies, and they're hopping their way home. And I'll guarantee you, some of them on the way home said this, I knew better than that. I knew better than that. All I had to do was drink right. I should have taken my decision more seriously. I knew that God was watching. He just sent 22 of my chicken friends home. I wanted to make the cut, but I didn't. I'll be real honest with you. Well, one of them probably said, what was I thinking? And my mother would say, you weren't, boy. You weren't. Hey, folks, many, many of the people in this room, you are spiritually educated beyond your desire to perform. There are people in here, you've heard some of the greatest preachers that have walked the face of this earth. You've been to some of the greatest conferences ever. And there's some of you, you've been trained in some mighty fine colleges, and you've heard an awful lot. And those of you that have read through your Bible ten times, did you get anything out of it while you're reading it? Oh, what's wrong with fundamentalism? Are we stupid? We know what's right to do. And I realize there are a few young converts in here, and God help you, you just hang in there, you'll get your training. But I look out at a lot of seasoned veterans and people that I've seen at conferences all over this nation and for many years, and you know what to do. You know what's right to do. You know what you're to stand for. And you don't need someone to stand up and tell you that. Stand up and be counted. Don't be a coward. And just think. Think about what you're doing. I'll tell you. A pastor will stand up and preach on a particular subject and warn you of the devil's tricks about it on Sunday, and by Monday, half the congregation are out doing the very stupid thing that he just told them not to do. What is wrong with us? My coach used to say, use your head, son. Use your head. Then he would say, get your head out of your armpit, boy. My coach encouraged my heart a lot like that. Hey, some of you just need to start thinking and making better decisions. Success in life is based on a series of decisions. Think. Think. Think before you open your mouth. Think before you cuss. Think before you steal. Think before you get drunk. Think before you participate. Think before you Facebook. Think before you read it. Think before you take that job that keeps you out of church. Think before you yoke up with the liberals. Think before you pick that number that's going to be saying at the church that's supposed to glorify God. You better think before you pick which Bible you're going to carry. Think. Think before you give up your virginity. Think before you date that boy or that girl. You better think before you marry the wrong person. Think. We're dumb. Now, let me tell you something, that we need training. That's why you need to be in Sunday school. 
It will train you so you can think right, so you can be a part of the victory. So when it's drinking time, you don't drink like an animal. You drink like somebody that's got a head on their shoulders. Hey, that's why you need to be in church on Sunday morning. And that's why you need to be in church on Sunday night. And that's why you need to be in church on Wednesday night. That's why we need meetings just like this. Why? We need to think, and we need to be trained to think right. We've got to think. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Some of you need to turn off your television and stop watching Dr. Phil and get back to Dr. Jesus and start believing this Bible. That's why you ought to read your Bible. If you'll read your Bible, your Bible will program you your brain and your brain can think right I really do believe this I have heard powerhouse preachers really and honestly I come across a problem in life you know what I do I just think about what I've been taught I think about what I've seen listen those of you that are on your way through Bible college finish it you say, why? Because you're dumb. You need the training. You say, I'm offended. Finish it and then come tell me that you're offended. Even the lost people finish college. Think, folks. Think. I'll get around people. They say, boy. Well, let me tell you, I heard old brother so-and-so preach. And then they'll get tell me about somebody else. I heard old brother so-and-so preach. You know, was all that entertainment to you? Was that just another notch on your association belt? Really and honestly, the men that have preached to us through the years were there to spiritually educate us so that when they died and they were gone, we could carry on. But you know what? A bunch of them passed away and we forgot everything they taught us. We'll yoke up with every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there and mess up our lives and mess up our churches and mess up something that we inherited from the last generation because we won't think. Think. And some seem to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. I think there have been some people of the 9700 that lapped like a dog had Gideon take them down a week later and said, get a drink, they'd been down there laughing like a dog again. Gideon been scratching his head like your pastor does. I wonder how many people don't accomplish God's will because they just won't think. They won't think. Did you know you're not supposed to think spiritual on Sunday only? You're to think spiritual on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday, and on Thursday, and on Friday, and on Saturday. Then you start it all over again. You're to walk in that spirit day in and day out and day in and day out and day in and day out. But because we're lazy and we don't want to do it and we don't want to be spiritual, we make all sorts of mistakes because we just won't think. Think. Hey, you could get you one of them little bracelets that says... W, W, J, D. Is that, is that the right initials? I'm not real smart. <laughs> what would Jesus do? That'd probably take you a long way. Some of you just ask yourself, well, what would Jesus do right now? I'll tell you what I do. I'll ask myself, what would Jesus do? And then I ask myself, 
What would the most brilliant Christian I've ever met do right now? Ought to be fairly close if I'll do that. I'll ask myself, what would my pastor do? What would the most spiritual person I know do? Folks, you better learn to live your life on purpose. You better think through it. You can't float through life. We make far too many mistakes because we will not stop and think. Think before you make major decisions that are going to change your life and change your entire family's future. Think. Hey, think before you quit. Think before you put your tail between your legs and run. Think. Hey, I'll tell you, think before you have someone come preach for you. Think. Just think. You see, when I was looking at this story, I noticed there were 22,000 scaredy cats. The devil psyched them out completely. They missed the opportunity to be a part of that great victory. Now, there were some folks that were not cowards. They were just dumb. And they're the dumb bunnies, 9,700 of them. And then, my favorite boys, the Bugle Boys. Yeah, I like these guys, the Bugle Boys. Romans 8, 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us so. More than, more than. These 300, they, 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 they got to experience some pretty heavy-duty victory here. Now, they may have been afraid, but they didn't let it stop them. They, they, watched, they watched the scaredy cats put their tails between their legs and head up the road. They watched it. They took time to think. You know what I think? I think they, they just did this. They said, now, what have I been taught? They watched the dumb bunnies flunk out of the program, the scaredy cats run afraid, and God said, I've got these 300 guys. Hey, you know what? These were not necessarily geniuses. All they did was think about some little simple technique of taking a drink of water. God's not saying they had an IQ that's off the chart. They were just smart enough to take a drink right. And I know something about God. God's not unfair. I'm going to guess everybody's been trained how to drink. They just forgot their training. While I'm right there, let me tell you something. Some of you young people have had a, a wonderful, wonderful upbringing in life. You've had moms and dads that have sacrificed to put you through Christian schools and they've kept you in a good church and have taught you the difference between right and wrong before, before you go out and mess all that up. You better stop and think. You better stop and think before you ruin that investment of, of mom and dad's. And by the way, it's not just your life. Your life is God's life, and a lot of people have invested an awful lot in you. Stop and think before you mess it up. But these bugle boys, you see, they took the time to think. They asked themselves, now, now what have I been trained to do? Boy, I, I imagine if they could tell the story, they were probably high-fiving each other at the end. We made the cut! And just to tell the story they said well we got these bugles and pitchers and we got lamps and we shouted the sword of the lord and gideon you should have seen those dumb midianites they scattered they ran they killed each other god mopped them up god tore them to shreds 
Do you know that when the Bugle Boys were telling the story back home, the scaredy cats were off to the side just listening. The dumb bunnies probably had their heads bowed. Oh, but the Bugle Boys, they had a story to tell. I'm going to tell you all something. If some of you don't get some courage and brighten up a little bit, you're just going to hear everybody else's stories. You're never going to be a part of the victory because you're a coward. You're not going to be a part of the victory because you sleep during church while the preacher is trying to give you the sense to do what you're supposed to do. Brother Ray, this I might sound a little arrogant. I don't mean to, but Brother Ray, I stayed awake in my classes in chapel and in church. I did not fall asleep. You say, why? I believed that somebody's life depended on it. I believe that. And some of you, you can't pay attention. There are people right now not paying attention. It might be a good idea for you to get your attention span under control, turn the television off, turn your computer games off, and I'm not against all that. I am going to tell you this. Some of you cannot concentrate. If a preacher, if a preacher can't do a puppet show, do cartwheels, tell funny stories, raise his voice, run all over the place, he can't keep your attention. But let me tell you something. If you were filled with the Holy Ghost of God and you had any sense, you'd, pay, you'd stand up or you'd shut up and pay attention. Turn your computer off sooner at night so you can get some sleep so you can stay awake when you're being trained how go to the spiritual battle. But these guys, these bugle boys, I think they had a story to tell. They were able to say, God wrought a great victory, and I was a part of it. Their grandchildren said, Grandpa, tell us. Tell us a story. And Grandpa said, kids, sit down there. Let me tell you about the revivals. Let me tell you, I watched the power of God fall. I watched God changing lives. They were a part their children got to see it. They were the bugle boys. Now, again, they were not geniuses. They just took the time to think and to move forward, even if they were a little fearful. They were not necessarily powerhouses. They just believed God. And they didn't let the devil intimidate them out of the victories. They had believed that God would help them, and they stepped out, and they, they let God use them. And I'm, I'm sure they even obeyed something they didn't understand. Who goes to war without weapons? Boy, they, they just, it was faith. A bugle? Okay. A lamp? Okay. A pitcher? Okay. Where's my bazooka? Do you know something? You don't have to be a spiritual powerhouse to say, Okay, God, I don't understand, but I'll do it. You know something I've never really understood? Baptism. Oh, I know, death, burial, resurrection. I know all that. You know what? I, I, I don't know. Maybe God even gets a kick out of it. We'll get these people saved, and then we'll dunk them in water in front of everybody. Do you know what? Do you know how easy that is? Anybody can do it. There's water everywhere. God's just saying, well, let's get you started on this life of faith. 
You know, it don't matter. It don't make any sense to me. It doesn't need to make sense to you. You just do it. Why? God said. Boy, I'll tell you what. When I first got into church, the pastor would stand up there preaching. I'd gotten saved, and he said, he said, you ought to tithe. I said, what is that? He said, that's giving one-tenth of your income. And then a deacon told me, he said, if you'll give one-tenth of your income, you'll have more money. I said, wait a minute. I went to the public school, but I ain't stupid. But you know what? I've been given my tenth, and I have more because of it. I have more because of it. You know what that is? That's called faith. And getting in that tank of water, that's, that, I think that's one great big old step of faith. And you, you begin to exercise that faith. You might be able to pick you up a bugle. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be a dumb bunny. Hey, have faith in God. Believe the Bible. Believe there's a heaven. Believe there's a hell. Believe what we've been trained to do. They obeyed maybe what they did not understand. We need to stop questioning God and just obey God. And again, I say to you, I really do believe many, many fundamentalists are trained far beyond their desire to perform. They really don't want to live up to their training. And I, I, I don't want to be personal with anybody in here. I'll let God do that. But I know all sorts of people in here that were trained with the same training that I've gotten in others. And let me explain something to you. It all still works. We've got to have a new way. You don't need a new way. You need a new commitment. That's all. That's all. They took time to spiritually think, not carnally. They didn't question God's technique. They just believed God. I think this also. I about imagine they got to keep their bugles. They probably took their bugles home and put them in their trophy case. I, I think probably about every 10 years they had a bugle boy reunion. They all went down and had some barbecue and went down to the park and wore their uniforms. No weapons, just a bugle dangling from their side. All the boys and girls ran alongside them and said, Oh, we know who you are. We know who you are. You, God, God let you participate when he wrought the great victory. And you know what? The scaredy cats and the dumb bunnies probably criticized them. You still got that old uniform? You still dress like that? Yes, I still believe you ought to dress right and you ought to wear the uniform if you're going to be part of God's army. People bailing out everywhere on everything that they know better. Don't be afraid. I think they probably had a reunion about every 10 years, the Bugle Boy reunion. And they went down in biblical history because they were not scared and they thought they were not scared and they thought now I'm not real sure but according to the percentages of the story there are lots of scaredy cats less dumb bunnies and as usual a remnant of bugle boys be a part of the remnant that remnant is going to carry us all the way to the end folks listen the world is never going to see it our way 
religion is never going to see it our way. Be satisfied if you see it God's way. That's the big deal. I know it's a simple thought. But I think I see here scaredy cats, dumb bunnies, and bugle boys. I would like to get a bugle. I'd like to be a bugle boy. You might want to be careful that you don't fall into one of those other two categories. There's victory available. Boy, and I hear people say this, and I'm, I'll be done in two minutes, but I hear people say this. Well, in this day and age, I mean, look, I mean, look, sin is everywhere. It is so hard. Did you know the Bible says where sin did abound, did grace much more abound? I was preaching for a preacher, and he said this to me. He said, I said, how's it going? He said, well, we're keeping the doors open. Brother Smith, you know what I told him? I said, you're not to be keeping the doors open. You're to be blowing the doors off of this thing. If your goal is just to keep the doors open, how are we ever going to have revival? Don't be afraid. Get yourself spiritually educated and then do what God teaches you to do. And you can be a bugle boy. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Why don't you think about it? Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.